today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. It's uh, Friday, it's 11.35, and that means Tech Talk. Uh, brought to you by our good friends at Vacuman. Uh, Adam Oldfield, of course, the president and CEO of FPM and FPM3 Marketing and Vacuman. And Vacuman, yes, Is here uh, in studio. Is it hot enough for you? Well, Did was, anybody ask you that today? You know what? I had to bring my knife so I could cut it to get through the uh, get through the doors here. It is thick. It is hot. It is muggy. If your air conditioners are running, you better, you better go catch them. And if they're not running properly, well, you need your ducts cleaned. That's right. You need to call Vacuman. Furnace and duct cleaning. We'll get that all taken care of for you. Vacuman. Makes, makes a big difference. It does huge difference. Yes, it, you know what? And this is the time when this kind of muggy and material, like it, it, it sucks a lot of the air that you get, like debris and otherwise yeah. in there, and that's it, it gets plugged and so forth. So it's very important. Yeah, absolutely. You got to maintain it. It's just like maintaining anything that you own. Well, I know, and and I, I think I mentioned to you, I changed my furnace filter last Friday. Oh, uh, and <laughs> yes. Rebecca asked, "When's the last time you did?" It? I said, "What's this? 2019?" Uh, <laughs> I, I forget. I, I might have done it early. I don't that's know, right. but yeah. it, it makes a huge difference. It ma- you know what it is it is amazing how you you're, you'll find that there's less dust your your efficiencies even run better too remember yeah. you know it's kind of like plugging a hair dryer you listen to it's kind of like doing that with your furnace if you plug your filter and you got to make sure that you pull it out and you make it clean I'm excited to announce though we do have another truck on the road there so we go. got another truck yeah that's another one you know thank t- thank you to CHML for all of the uh, profile and the people calling yeah we're getting another crew on the road so uh, feel free to give us a call or visit us online it's what we do good to know. Uh, I got to ask you. I know we've got a ton of stuff to cover here, but let's, let's first of all get right into this face app because it's such yes. a controversial thing. And as you reminded me, and I, I had told you, I, I have forgotten about this. Yeah. This this is not new. No, no, this has been, this has been around a couple of years ago. I think it came out in twenty seventeen, end of twenty sixteen. And uh, as we were just you know we were just chatting about it off the air, uh, this product was originally a filter, and it made you old, and it made you hot, and it made you young. And I, I'm not gonna lie, I look good. I downloaded <laughs> it. I, I looked at myself, and I'm like, wow, I I'd look really really handsome if I was looking like this in normal form. But they just relaunched it. Uh, and one of the reasons they relaunched it was that back at that time, they had filters that became a huge controversy. Uh, the big controversy was the fact that it turned you into You can a, change your ethnicity. Your, yeah, cultural. They, they called it cultural filters. But the problem was it was very, uh, it wasn't very smart. Let's just say it's artificial intelligence. But they were basically turning faces into Indians and, and, and uh, Asians. And, and rightfully so, it, it was more of a, uh, it got into a point of hot, heated debate of, are you racially uh, discriminating? So it ended up coming off the market, and it's only been released in the last week with a lot of fanfare. It's the latest trend. Um, but I want to make sure, please, as cute as it is and as old as you think you may or may not look, it is extremely dangerous. It's It was developed by a Russian developer. All the files and images, remember those terms and conditions we joke about? We yeah. always say, you know, like everybody skimps through them. Yeah, well, yeah I agree. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You've just released every photo is is on the server. Now, they claim, they being FaceApp, is claiming that they aren't keeping their photos. However, in this day and age, with deep fake, uh, where they can take a photo, manipulate it, I mean, basically, you're feeding a whole whack of information into the Russian uh, servers, and uh, you have no protection against it. So here's a, another connection of the dots here, okay? Yeah. 
because we know the Russians tried to interfere in the last, well, they did interfere in the last election. There's also some rumors that they may want to interfere in this Canadian election coming right. up. It's kind of a warm-up for the election in that the States w- next year. All right. <laughs> now, Facebook says they're not going to share that information no. anymore. And the Russians are saying, it's okay, we don't need it. Yeah, we're, got- g- we're getting it from FaceApp. <laughs> We're getting it from FaceApp. We're getting it from multiple apps. Yeah. This isn't just one. This is, I mean, they've openly, uh, they have to announce now with the new policies with Google Play and otherwise, um, and Apple for that matter, the app is fully capable and legal, by the way. All I'm claiming, and this sounds almost conspiracy, is you are giving full release of your photo, of your information to a Russian coder. And and this seems fun. It seems comical. And you could have some some uh, enjoyment sharing it with your friends to look, you know, as we were co- uh, uh, commenting, I- I'm going to know what I'm going to look like in the mirror in a couple of years. So I really don't need an app to tell me yeah. that. Anyway, be, just be advised, okay? Uh, the other thing I wanted to jump into, too, because we've had a lot of discussion here about 5G, and uh, you've yeah. done some research on this, and if they're waiting for 5G in Canada, they <laughs> don't hold your breath. Well, the federal government, not to get into politics on our show, but it always does tie into tech, is the fact that we've seen the liberal government, or Trudeau's government, has clearly stated they will not be addressing the 5G with Huawei until after the election, and probably rightfully so. I know there's a lot of controversy. If they come out and make any immediate decisions at this time especially with what's happening right now in, in, in China with uh, uh, some of the, uh, uh, the, the, the situations well, on the that d- scale. D- the detainees. The and, detainees. And you got, and, you've got Meng over here on this right, side of the border. Yeah, it's a political mess. It is a political mess. And in the same time, we've got this 5G uh, technological infrastructure that, that we've talked about a few times. What are our options and what does it mean if we were to put this on, uh, uh, if we had Huawei, are there back doors? And so the federal government, Trudeau's government, is, is going to be... Waiting until after the election, until a full announcement or decision will be made that they will allow for our major, uh, uh, I would say, mobile providers to choose. Now, with that, Rogers is moving ahead with Ericsson's equipment, so they'll be the first to the mark to be able to launch their product with 5G. Um, And, you know, 5G is so cool, it's so advanced, but it's also very, very, uh, I would say, phase one or stage one, it's not going to be that great. There's a lot of bugs right now. They're announcing down in the States with 5G with AT&T and T-Mobile and and so forth. It's not running as efficiently as we would expect. And as mentioned previously, any phones you're buying that are 5G capable, they're only going to be uh, working on first generation 5Gs, meaning that in the next three years, your phones are going to be obsolete. You'll have to upgrade anyways. Gee, the market's never done that before. (laughs) (laughs) This is nothing to do strategically with economics. Of course not. No, of course not. Just a coincidence. That's right. Uh, I love it when uh, the tech news starts to break into the news cycle and become front page. And and Elon Musk has done that again this week, too. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Elon Musk came out with, uh, you know, I mean, and this is Adam's opinion. This has no reflection on the global radio network. But I truly believe Elon Musk went out of his way to basically save face because he's got a lot of problems right now with shareholders, stakeholders, with the whole Tesla and his uh, the boring company flamethrower, everything else. He, he announced that Neuralink has just made milestone advancements with regards to the artificial intelligence of putting a microchip in a brain to help with mental illness. Yay! However, I'm going to back it up. Elon Musk also stated that this advancement will be ready in another year or two. So it's kind of like me saying to you, Bill, 
The Adam Oldfield Network at FPM Marketing has the ability to be able to molecularly break down the human structure and be able to transport it from one point to the other. Very similar to Star Trek. Of course, we haven't come up with this technology. We've only thought about it. So Elon Musk is a little <laughs> ahead of the game trying to make announcements that don't exist yet. On that note, we've spoke about so many other advancements in, in, in technology when it comes to medical. Uh, we've seen in Cleveland with spina bifida. These exist. These are actually sciences that yeah. exist. So I think... I think with Elon Musk's announcement right now, he needs to bring himself a little bit more to the forefront on a positive scale. Neuralink was a company he began in 2016. Neuralink is obviously got some advancements with brain chip implants to help with mental illness, whether it's Parkinson's, helping with nerve endings and otherwise. That's great, but it doesn't exist. All right. A couple of uh, medical-oriented stories here, which are these are things that could help you right now. Yeah. Uh, Lots of us these days are on medications for yes. a variety of things, okay? And uh, obviously, well, you have to take this three times a day. Oh, gee, I forgot to take my pills. That's right. <laughs> well, there's a microchip for that. That's right. We have a microchip available that you can actually implant. And ironically, this is nothing new. This has been around since 2012. So 2012, this has been around, but they're starting to mainstream it. So obviously, you know, this this is not something, you, hey, we've managed to figure this out in the lab. Now let's give it to 40,000 people with these problems. They're rolling it out effectively. This is a medication injection that you can, talking about implants from one end with <laughs> Neuralink, this one actually exists where you'll be able to put an implant and it gives you doses inside. Now, again, our dosages are all somewhat minimal. So, uh, you know, in some cases, if you have a heart issue, you've seen the size of the pills they might yeah, give you. They're yeah. very, very small, but you got to take them regularly at certain times. So this new implant allows you 20 days of proper dosage in uh, injections. So it, it helps particularly with osteo osteoporosis, where they get an injection, you can now be able to get an implant, and every day at a certain time, it will do the proper injections so you don't have to remember, oh God, I got to make sure that I get my injections based on whatever it is, the medical condition you may have. Okay, good stuff. Now the other one, and, and boy, this is going to be great news for any any family that's gone through it, a, a son or daughter that had yep. to have braces. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a pain in the mouth. Pain uh, in the mouth, yes. An expensive one for for parents. I know. My daughter had yeah, braces. I know. This yeah. is so new. My daughter, by the way, is, you know, we mentioned she's 16, turning 17. She had braces in, in her teenage years, and they were still, but they had cool colors. But she had to go in every week, and they had to, like, tighten it, and they, you, you know. Got the, and she, you got the bands the and everything bands else. The bands in there, and yeah, exactly. And then the retainer had to go in, and which she still has. So what is it? Here we are in this day and age where I believe the braces have been around for 40 years. Like this is a 1960 technology for braces when it comes to getting your teeth uh, uh, straightened. Well, dentists have finally came out and this new 3D printing company is now able, and this is now cost effective, they can 3D print right inside a dental lab or your dentist will be able to do your braces uh, and be able to mold a proper mouth uh, brace enhancement right on spot. What that means is lower cost, quicker uh, uh, dental uh, treatments, uh, and I'm no dentist. I'm just reading this from a high level. I'm sure many dentists might be able to speak to that better than I can, but the one thing I looked at was cost savings. It's expensive for braces. Mm -hmm. This will be probably a great uh, cost saver for parents trying to help their children get straight teeth.
Yeah, and I hope it takes off too because you know that way the the the, the whole thing is done. I mean, the braces won't be as expensive as your car. No, I exactly. Or using so much metal for that matter. This is like a, an epoxin 3D printed material, and it's safe and environment. It, it's a breakdown uh, a product as well. So that's what I thought was really cool. No more grinding and cranking, and you know, I remember my daughter literally going, "My mouth is so sore, Dad." They had to go in with like a little wrench and crank it so they could tighten the teeth just a little bit every week. All right, two things that you love to talk about. One is robotics. What's Boston Dynamics up to? You know what? We've we've seen these before and I think we talked about this many times is that we you might have watched a YouTube video and you saw this robot and it kind of jumped up on a box and then it did a flip or an aerial acrobat and then there was a most recent one that was a bunch of robotic dogs pulling a truck. And this is all out of a company called Boston Dynamics. Boston Dynamics is a company that was developed uh, probably about 12 years ago, 10 to 12 years ago, originally for the military. It got a military research and development to develop robotic uh, armament. So soldiers that could be, or robotic soldiers that could go into the field, acting on behalf of, obviously, the safety of our uh, military. Well, what happened was they came out with the first model, the one we saw, and it was, you know, a jumping, flipping robot. And the issue was, of course, it was too noisy. I mean, it more or less told everybody where the army was coming, right? It was kind of like watching Star Wars and listening to the military walk along on steel boots. So anyway, they ended up more or less... Uh, dropping some of their funding with regards to it. Alphabet came into it. Of course, Alphabet is owned by Google. This product, of course, and why am I making such a big deal about this, is that they're now about to launch Boston Dynamic products into the actual commercial marketplace. So right now, the robotic world of manufacturing is stationary robots. An arm turns, it picks up a box, it goes back. These are rudimentary, simple, repeating processes. The new one that's coming out from Boston Robotics, though, is that it's going to commercial the first time a robot that will be fully movable, fully automated. So packing a box, uh, delivering a pizza, uh, taking the fully automation from a dumb robotic to a smart robotic. So this is something we'll be talking about a lot more in the near future with regards to where are robots going and where are we going to see them more in our daily lives. All right, that's robotics. The other thing that is a passion for you are drones. Drones, love drones. Got my pilot license, as mentioned. That's right, Bill. And one of the ones they announced was, this is scary. When I saw this, I'm like, you got to be kidding me. How is this a good thing? Drones with flamethrowers. What is with flamethrowers these days? <laughs> I mean, it was always a thing like that was just kind of a joke. Anyway, drones with flamethrowers are coming out. And why would this be a good thing? And I had to actually research this because I'm thinking a drone with a flamethrower in the wrong hands is just an arsonist dream. It's like a utopia for them. Well, in this, the one good thing about drones with flamethrowers is that it actually can clear safely debris from power lines, pest management, and and hornet's nests. Apparently, it's a big issue. You'll be able to protect from that. Forest fire containment. And this is very important because we've seen a lot of that out west, California. Mm -hmm. What the drones can do is fly quickly to an area, and they do pre-burns. So they burn in advance under a controlled environment, so that way when the fire reaches an area, it it dies down. So anyway, I wanted to bring that up because if you do see it, I do want to be very clear. There are maybe positive things of of a drone with a big flamethrower flying over your head. Yeah, but in the hands of a guy like a James Bond villain. I mean, this could be awful. This, Yeah, now the only really good thing is the fact that drones, first of all, only have between a 20 to 40 minute flight uh, uh, mm-hmm. uh, power. Uh, a flamethrower will actually drain it by more than 60%. So the drone won't be able to fly very far before it runs out of juice or flame. 
This will be will. a suicide mission for the drone. Then <laughs> it's, it's a one. That. It's a one-time fly. Yeah. Listen, bike sharing programs are really big uh, in cities uh, all across North America. Really, we've got the Sobe <laughs> program here. That's right. Uh, I guess Google Maps is paying attention to this because they want to get in on this. Google Maps has got a lot of cool advancements, and now when you go on there, you'll be able to see. They always you would show you how to get to destinations by you know selecting bike, train, transit, yeah. if you will. Well, now the new feature that's coming out, and I was actually I tried to get a hold of them before our show was uh, our Sobe group here. If you go to the Sobe, they'll show you on Google Maps where they're located, how many bikes are available and otherwise. However, you may not have to actually go to their website. You'll be able to now go to actual Google Maps and it will show this information easily. So I can't verify specifically in Hamilton yet whether it's available. Uh, I didn't hear back from them at the time, but with that, I know it's coming. Uh, We've been talking about uh, the advancements in tech here in Hamilton and uh, some of the work that goes on at places like the Innovation Factory here and some of the startups that are going on here. Uh, and it's starting to pay off, and the industry's starting to notice this. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, oh, I, I said that over 16 years ago when yeah. I started the tech company in Hamilton. This is the best city when it comes to investing in infrastructure. Skill and talent is right here. It's it's actually quite quite impressive to know that we have such a robust ability. And as you mentioned, the, you know, we have the uh, incubator here. We have the innovation factory. We have so many great models like that. And it's evident because now Hamilton has ranked itself now in the top, not top tw- uh, uh, top five, but we made the top 20 in regards to growing cities when it comes to investment in tech. Now, Waterloo was also in there. What's important is Waterloo is, to be compared with Waterloo is very impressive. And I say that because I know Google just made a big announcement. They're expanding yeah. on a massive investment there, but that just speaks volume of where Hamilton's going to be, spe- uh, specifically with the Sidewalk Labs in Toronto with their advancement. I wouldn't be surprised if we see that coming very soon. Soon, and I'm speaking out of turn here, but it would make sense that Hamilton, as a close proximity to Waterloo and to Toronto, which, by the way, Toronto made the top three in tech. So that's pretty impressive. Toronto, as a Canadian city, made the top three out of all of North America for growing technology cities. Kudos to Hamilton. And, and truthfully, I'm willing to bet the next five years are going to be even more exciting as to where we're going to see advancement come out of this city. Well, the reason for that, and one of the reasons for that, actually, is going to be the collaboration that was developed. Uh, I guess about set six months ago now, uh, between Waterloo, Burlington, Hamilton, and Toronto yep. to share the technology and to work collaboratively, uh, collaboratively rather on all of these projects. Uh, so they, they, they're not competition anymore; they're partners. Yeah, well, it makes sense because we are grow as we grow as a city and a community. It's going to make sense that we need to be able to connect because how you know we're talking about autonomous flying, uh, autonomous driving. I mean, these cities are going to need to interconnect and be able to link with each other for that purpose to fly. Or or communicate or get to Waterloo or Toronto, uh, it's going to be probably within minutes when we talked about the flight, the cost is too prohibitive, but the idea that these three city centers are going to be linking together to do that, it it, it makes perfect sense. I do a lot of business down in the Waterloo area, particularly in the manufacturing, uh, which is still popular. And of course, Toronto is still the mecca. It is the, the, you know, the monster when it comes to that. They're the big dogs. So I think when we see this connection of the three, I think it's going to also be quite interesting to, to
to where is the next R&D for investment. I, I think I said this before to you. It's interesting to see that we once as a country in Waterloo directly in Ottawa, we were the forefront when it came to telecommunication. Nortel was one of the ones. Yeah. BlackBerry was the second. Why, and this is what I'm hoping out of this little collaboration thing out of these three cities, why is it we don't have 5G being developed by a Canadian company? That's the million dollar question. Maybe we'll answer that in a future show, I guess. We're just about out of time here. Uh, this is Tech Talk. It's brought to you by Vacuuman on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Have a good weekend. You too. Thanks, Bill. The Bill Kelly Show. Weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.